Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable podcast, enabling your crafting addiction one episode at a time. This is episode 96. It is November 2nd, 2019. It's a Saturday, almost evening already. The day kind of got away from me. I actually spent all day, most of the day, cleaning the apartment, and that's not really something I generally do, which is probably why it took all day. (laughs) Even mopped the floors, which is, for me, a big deal. Um, We just uh, had Halloween a few days ago, and Lucas and I got costumes together, and we... Actually, during the day, I dressed like a coworker at work, so I had a outfit for my coworker Susan, who, by the way, is a knitter. Um, so I had like a shearling vest and um, just like an outfit that like reads Susan. And I think I nailed it this year. I feel like there's a few years where it's like, well, it's okay, not a bad likeness, but I nailed it this time. And then in the evening. Um, Lucas and I went out with our friend Sky to um, actually the West Hollywood Carnival. So it's it's pretty insane. I mean, they block off um, Santa Monica Boulevard, which is a big thoroughfare here in Los Angeles, like four, um, I don't know, four or five like major blocks maybe. And I feel like they call it a parade, but I'm not sure if anyone's really walking around. There's like multiple little um, stages going on. So people are kind of dancing, milling around, and it's, like, pretty extravagant costumes. Um, There's also a lot of, like, gay bars right there, too. So there's a lot of, like, dancing there in the bars and stuff. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a trek to get over there. It's just really hard to park. So, you know, we ended up driving partway and then I think taking, like, bird... Or we did take bird scooters partway also. And then on the way back, we just walked a long way to get back to our car. We did uh, My Cousin Vinny, which I talked about before. So Lucas was uh, Joe Pesci and I was Marissa Tomei. And we found a pretty good sweater for Lucas at a thrift store. So um, like an eight, like I guess it's a 90s sweater, kind of crazy sweater. And yeah, it worked out pretty well. Nobody, um, one person like seemed to know who we are. And he like mentioned some quotes from the movie, but basically that was it. And our friend Sky, who had like, has like a costume where it's like a, sword hanging pushed into his shoulder or something or like a knife stuck in his shoulder which is what he wore last year when we walked around last time and it was like a big hit and people were like taking pictures with him and everything (laughs) we did kind of an obscure costume so i guess that's about right (laughs) okay so let's just get into crafting i had hoped to um well either have annie on or just start another project before i talk to you but i just gotta move on this or we'll wait a whole nother week to do it. So um, I did finish my butterfly um, slash papillon shawl by Marin Melchor. This is, has been my complicated along project. I've talked about it like ad nauseum, so I won't bore you with it, but it is out of unique fingering is my long color repeat, nitpicks palette mist, lots of short rows, and it ended up I haven't actually weighed my skeins yet, but I did use probably about 1,200 yards. So even though the gauge was on the lighter end, not lighter, on the tighter end, I guess, it still ended up pretty substantial. It was a pretty good-sized shawl. So I'm very happy with it. I did it as written. I thought about doing the different bind-off. There's, like, kind of a Pico-like bind-off if on the, like, moth variation. But I just went for the straight butterfly and... Turned out great, actually. I'm really happy with it. So that's the butterfly shawl. And then, I guess, 
could have segued better into it. But yeah, my other finished item is my My Cousin Vinny costume. Um, so I, you know, I don't sew clothing almost ever, just for Halloween, really. Um, so I ended up making my Marissa Tomei costume. I used um, a Simplicity Pattern 1036, which is um, Supergirl or Batgirl costumes. So I was just looking for anything. It was basically a bodysuit. The pattern as it came was a two pieces. There's a top and a top and pants. So I ended up modifying that a bit to just be a one piece um, jumpsuit. I used some fabric I bought actually a few years ago in anticipation of this costume at uh, Michael Levine or Michael Levine's in downtown. It's in like the fabric district of LA. And I had bought probably a lot of it. I bought like maybe four yards or something of this stretch. It is two, two way stretch, four way stretch, whatever. It stretches both ways, but it's, you know, stretches less on one side. And, um, it's in the movie. Hers is like black with big flowers and mine is like a dark Navy with like a different kind of flowers, but it still kind of represents, I think. And if you, well, if you know the movie, it's the scene where um, Marissa Tomei is complaining about about when they're going to get married, and it looks like he's going to fail on this case, so they're probably never going to get married, and my biological clock is ticking like this. So it's <laughs> this floral jumpsuit. So Lucas's outfit was more of like um, casual Vinny as opposed to leather blazer or, you know, velvet um, tuxedo <laughs> Vinny. So it worked out pretty well. I had cut out a larger size than I thought I might need because I was really worried about it being too small. And it ended up being pretty big. Like I had to take it in um, by like inches on each side. So so I guess I probably, knowing how loose, how much extra ease that these like conventional patterns usually have, I probably should have known I could have done a smaller size. But I wanted to be safe. And I'm so, like, nervous about clothes sewing that I didn't want to mess up right away, right off the bat. I had my mom help me a little bit when I went home. I went I went home to visit my parents a couple weeks ago, like, so I went up to Portland. It's my dad's birthday, actually, two days ago, but I, I had to find a time to go up and visit um, while he was going to be in town, and that worked for everyone. So yeah, so while I was there, my mom helped me a little bit. You know, I did a little, I had cut it out already, but then I did some of the basic seams while she was there. And a big thing that I needed help with was that the Marissa Tomei outfit has like a big back hole cut out. Um, like basically it's the whole back is open. So I needed to figure out how to modify this pattern to have that hole. And so I had to figure out, I did like a lining with interfacing and this is probably, like, really simple for somebody who makes clothes a lot. But for me, I'm, like, like calling my mom with questions all the time trying to figure it out. And then um, hers has, like, a little collar. It's just, like, a little short, you know, I don't know, three-quarter inch stand-up collar, one-inch collar. And the pattern I have was just for, like, a a high scoop neck, like, just right around the neck. So I had to add in that collar and then I sewed the two pieces together. So if I had probably just drafted this from scratch, I would put a seam right down the front because that's kind of how hers is. 
and then I wouldn't do that side seam. And I probably had enough fabric to just do a one, a full body piece from foot, from ankle to neck, but I didn't really trust myself, so. Um, but I'm very proud of how it turned out, considering, like, I think this might be the first time I've ever sewn in a sleeve. I've sewn in sleeves in knitting, but I've never sewn in a sleeve into a knit garment, or into a... Actually, that could be a lie. I might have before, but it's been a long time. I haven't really, I'm not familiar. I don't remember sewing in a sleeve onto a sewn garment. And just, yeah, the fact that I made these modifications and, you know, like probably people could look at my seams and just see it all bunched, things kind of bunched up in the middle there, but I'm over the moon with how it turned out. I mean, I hope it's not just like a one-time costume though but it probably will be i think i see lucas's uh costume in the giveaway pile already i had a big problem trying to do the hair because well she has big hair um like real huge bangs and stuff but the problem is her hair is also fairly short i mean or like higher than shoulder length and right now mine's like really long like um you know past my bust line and so i kind of had to try to well, tease it up really big, and then I tried to had to kind of fold it under and pin it up, and that's just always kind of a mess. But um, I had a lot of trial and error, or not that much trial, but a lot of error, and then finally it worked out for the end. So, so that was my my cousin Vinny um, Halloween costume, and I'm very proud of myself. But it took me so long to do the sewing that I haven't done it almost any knitting all week long because I've been working on this stupid Halloween costume or like shopping for Halloween costume stuff. So that is what I finished in the last three weeks. And then my current fix, I've got a couple projects. One, which I was so sure I was going to be done with. It's the Mindy Shawl by Amba O'Brien. I'm using the yarn that I spun, the three-ply yarn I spun from Jen Goody for the Greater Los Angeles Spinning Guild spin-along project. Um, it's the Get Off My Rainbow Colorway in Shetland, in a mix of Shetland and then a natural Shetland silk pearl blend. It's because it's a gradient, it goes from start to finish, and the finish was actually my favorite part, where there's three strands of the colored section, but they're chain-plied, so you keep the color structure, so it's kind of just... So it still ends up being variegated, but it's not barber polling. And so I had made it more than halfway. This had already happened by the last time. So I had made it like kind of close to the end, you know, or I had like a quarter of the shawl left and I realized like, no, I'm going to run out of yarn before the end of this. And I really want to finish with the fa my favorite section of the yarn. So I ripped back. It's a shallow triangular shawl. Start at one end and in a chevron pattern, increase up to a certain point, the midpoint. Actually, it's not the midpoint. It's like one third of the way. And then you decrease. I had been trying to kind of fudge it and add extra rows in. And then I thought, screw it. So I ripped back all the way to where you're still doing the increases. And I added um, like three more sets of the increase. So in the beginning, I was doing the small version of the shawl. And I just did like one extra repeat. But this time I like bumped it up to the large size, which should take a lot more yarn than I have. But it was seemingly, my yarn was lasting a long time. So I ripped all the way back to that point, a third of the way into the shawl. I added 
more increases, which means I had to add like twice as many more decreases. And then I ran out of yarn, uh, probably about the point where I had ripped it back before. And so I was feeling very stupid because I could have just probably finished, probably if I had finished the shawl, I would have gotten close to how much yarn I needed. And I refused to rip it out again. I just, I don't love it so much that I want to spend even more time on it. And I just couldn't believe it. So I was thinking about trying to blend in another like solid color. But Jesse had actually, my friend Jesse had actually bought the same colorway while, you know, for the guild. And she hadn't used hers yet. So she just gave me her braid of yarn, of fiber. So now I have to spin more of it and ply it, do chain ply, and then finish the shawl. It's not like it's so close. I don't even just have like a little tip of it left, just the tip. Um, but I do have, you know, probably, well, I don't know. I was going to say 100 yards of yarn. I don't even know if that's if it's that much. But yeah, so there's like at least 8 inches of a point that I need to finish still. So, bummer. I got that fiber from Jesse a week ago, but I haven't quite worked up the energy to start spinning for it yet. I will be demonstrating at the guild booth, so and I would like to have this finished by then, so we have something up. Um, that's the guild's booth at the at Stitches SoCal. So we'll see if I get it done before Stitches SoCal, maybe. And then you can come visit in the guild booth, and I can show it to you. Of course, Tween, I have not nailed down this meetup, but it is happening Saturday afternoon. We'll post in our group, my group, her group, on Instagram and everything. So, you know, we'll still meet up. Stitches SoCal if you're around. That's in, I thought it was next week, but it was probably in two weeks. Okay, so that's Mindy, M-Y-N-D-I-E by Amber O'Brien. Sad story. And then my other thing I've been working on, um, I came back to the Andawa sweater by Michelle Wong. That's from the Brooklyn Tweed Fall 2014 out of Malabrigo Rios in Paporas. I had um, completed the front last time. It's like a big rectangle and with drop sleeves with little cables on it all over it. I had previously did the front like in record time and then I just didn't cast on the back for a while. But now that's cast on. So I have the back cast on and I'm only like an inch in but I'm moving on it. And... That's uh, my current fix. I was like trying to cast on a project here before I started. I bought a, well, I bought the wrong pattern. So I accidentally bought the ripple bralette instead of the framed, frame bralette, framework bralette um, by Jesse Made Designs. So I don't know if I'm going to start that, but uh I don't know. I mean, I could just buy the second one. That would make the most sense, probably, since that's the one I want to knit. All right, so I have not bought anything. Can't believe it. My mom did buy me um, some Fiskars, um, like, pinking shears and, and like, a all about sewing, like, or sewing 101 book, too. So that was something I did receive in the mail. So let's just move on to Jonesin. So what I'm Jonesin for... There's a few things. So one is a crocheted pullover. It's been a while since I've done like an actual crocheted garment instead of just like amigurumi. This is the Alara Pullover by Whitney Hayward. It's a $7, 
and 50 cent Ravelry download right now. It's again, crocheted in a DK weight, but it's like a yoke sweater, short sleeves, and it has kind of a cool, um, not quite mesh, but open work on the yoke. And then the rest of it almost is kind of like a knit, not a knit, a crocheted like ribbing and really cool looking. That's the Alara pullover. I didn't look, but it probably takes a ton of yarn. Another one is the Sanguine, I can never pronounce that word, um, Sanguine Sweater by Morgan Voltersdorf. It's a $9.20 Ravelry download. And it's a DK weight, more DK weight, colorwork yoke sweater, all over colorwork. And it has kind of cool basic basic shapes, but there's some like, you know, vertical rectangles and triangles, which kind of makes me, the, the yoke somehow makes me think of like little houses or rows of houses, but I think they're just geometric shapes. Um, and a lot of the ones in the, um, like the samples are done in just kind of bold colors, you know, like I'm so used to almost all color work sweaters being in like spin cycle nowadays or something. So it's kind of interesting to see like very bold, solid colors um, in these shapes. And I guess it's, um, Morgan's, the designer, it's her first sweater pattern. She's knit, um, designed only hats before. So, um, yeah, curious to see how that turns out. Another one is kind of a random one. I think, um, a friend had cued it. So I found it. It's, uh, the colorful rooster dot P zero one one. It's by Svetlana Genova. And it's only $3.80. And I think she sells her stuff on Etsy also, like the patterns on Etsy. It's uh, This was a kid's cardigan. Um, there's two sizes of 6 to 12 months or 5 to 6 years. And um, she has a lot of like really kind of crazy cardigans. This one, the rooster, colorful rooster one, on one of the fronts, it uses intarsia to create this like elaborate rooster. And then on the other side has like kind of bold horizontal stripes that almost look like I-cord threaded through the fabric. I didn't look too closely to see how it was made, but it looks really striking, even though that intarsia rooster would probably drive me insane, even though you can, you know, duplicate stitch sections on and probably I would duplicate stitch some small issues, some small details on. Yeah. And she also just, um, Spetlana Genova, she also has just a lot of interesting other kids sweaters a lot of them have like kind of nursery rhyme feel or something but um very reasonably priced i don't know how the pattern you know if they're written well or anything but kind of interesting so it's the colorful rooster dot p011 and then i have a couple free patterns one is sawtooth by carolyn vogel i'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced v-o-g-l so it's a free hat, a colorwork hat, but um, she also said that, you know, links to her Kofi coffee account um, if you wanted to buy something for her in exchange for the pattern. I'm not sure if she had um, designed other hats before. So all over colorwork, fingering weight, and it's inspired by sawtooth star quilts. So even though it's all over colorwork, it basically has just like a big motif. And that might be, this is probably a pattern you've seen before, um, kind of like straight blocks of like almost, almost like an open rectangle. And then it has like kind of these star, um, points on the edges of the rectangle. Yeah. Great, great description, (laughs) but yeah, kind of little star motifs and then straight lines. So it'd be, 
it actually might be kind of annoying color work because you'd have like long stretches. I'm not sure. But that's, uh, it's free. You can take a look at the pattern, see if you liked it. And if you do like it, then you can buy her a coffee. That's Sawtooth by Caroline Vogel. And then the last one is also free. It's called Fair Isle Friends by Esther Braithwaite. They're tiny little toys. Um, they're made, they look like little people, like little dolls wearing little Fair Isle sweaters. So they're bottom up in one piece. And it kind of makes me think like, not like I know anything about Waldorf schools, but it does feel like something that's, well, if it was Waldorf, it wouldn't have a face on it. I think that's one of those things from from Waldorf. It's They kind of look like little people standing there, and then they it's almost like they have their hands in their pockets. Because you could tell it probably is, you make it more like a cylinder, and then you make some stitches up the legs to make it look like they're two little legs. You kind of just sew, you know, the section together there. And then you just kind of sew a little fold for the arms so it looks like they have a little crease where their arms are. And then they're wearing little feral sweaters and they have little faces and just like very light like hair detail. Like I think the hair isn't even three-dimensional. It's just knit knitting with like maybe a few strands of embroidery for the for the hair. It can be made at a few different gauges she shows the sizes for the different ones but it can go from fingering to worsted weight and they're just cute they'd be cute to like hand out or put in a little stocking or something that's um fair isle friends by esther braithwaite all right so that's what i'm jonesing for i have been watching a bit so we've moved on to uppers and downers when i went up to visit my parents um you know they had movies on the plane so I watched the live-action version of Aladdin with Will Smith and whoever. It's okay, you know? Like, I found it okay. Um, definitely watchable, but I think i just rather prefer to watch the animated version again because, like, the singing's good, but it's not as good as the movie. And then some of the acting felt a little rough, you know? So it's like, I feel like if you have to find a lead who can sing dance and act is a little bit of a tough no it's a it's a high high bar i guess and you know they had added one or two songs that didn't do too much for me and i can't say i've been ever been a huge robin williams fan but i'm not really a will smith fan so i guess if you're a big fan of the of disney movies and of aladdin yeah give it a try um but overall uh eh, i just rather watch the other one I also watched, I can't remember the actual name of it, but the Detective Pokemon movie, Pokemon True Detective, I don't know what it's called, the Pokemon movie, that's with, again, a kid I don't know the name of, and then Ryan Reynolds' his voice, because he's Pikachu, maybe it's called Pikachu Pokemon Detective, or something, how about that, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, anybody's guess, I mean, I guess it's like a 10 second lookup, <laughs> and... We had thought about watching that. Well, no, we never thought about seeing that in the, in the theater. Because I don't know anything about Pokemon. I know it enough that it's been in the pop culture for how many years. But I never played. I never had those cards. I never, you know, I was too old for that, I feel like. And then um, I didn't play that game either. But um, I actually really enjoyed it. It was pretty cute. And I probably cried at it. But that's not really a big surprise. But, um... So I would actually recommend 
the Pokemon movie. At least if... You know, especially for free, I'd recommend it. And if you're a Pokemon fan, then I think I think you would definitely like it. Just last night, we watched Glass, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, which is kind of like finishing what turned out to be a trilogy with Unbreakable, Split, and then this one, Glass. So I didn't really like Split all that much, because even though James McAvoy is a good actor, it's just like a little bit too comical. Like it's supposed to be serious, but I'm like shaking my head the entire movie. And Glass, which we watched on HBO, was just boring. It was so boring. <laughs> like, I found myself looking over at Lucas all the time, which is something he hates. Like, if you're, we're seeing, like, a comedy. Like, if I had a beloved comedy that I wanted him to watch, he refuses to watch it with me because it makes him uncomfortable, me, like, turning to see his reaction. Which is a little bit different if we haven't seen the movie. Neither of us have seen the movie, but I was doing that a lot yesterday. And at some point, I was just like, are we just going to go to bed? <laughs> and I, like, you know, brushed my teeth and left the room for a while and came back. It was boring and very overdone. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan loves that, like, camera circling upside down uh, move. And, ugh, no. What a turd. And Lucas said, remind me never to watch anything by M. Night Shyamalan again. <laughs> I mean... I'm being a little harsh on it, but I just, yeah, wasn't my my cup of tea. Yeah, I'm definitely harsher than needs to be, but not into it. I watched, um, oh, other things on HBO, especially while I was sewing. I wanted to find something that I could just have on but not pay a ton of attention to. So I watched Happy Death Day, which is on HBO right now, but came out, you know, I don't know, a couple years ago or something. Um, or a year ago. It's another, like, Bloomhouse just like the guy that does Saw, who makes stuff for no money and then um, makes millions off of it, with his like, that's his business model, which has actually been very successful. Low budget movies and then huge receipts. A Happy Death Day. It's like ground. It's like a Groundhog's Day horror movie. Um, this girl, like this sorority girl in college, who's just kind of a terrible person, and she like gets killed by this guy like in a baby mask. And, but then she wakes up the next day, like, in the same bed, and so she has to relive it, trying to figure out who's murdering her, you know, and she has to keep reliving the day over and over. And despite the fact that it is, like, a Bloomhouse film, it's really not that horror. It's, like, a little gruesome, but it's not scary at any point, I don't think. And, you know, it's kind of a comedy horror and so I enjoyed it. I actually really liked it. Enough so that, like, two days later, I watched Happy Death Day to You. And that's spelled with a number two and a, and the letter U. So the sequel. And it basically takes back up the next day where she starts, gets into a time loop again. But this time, it's still enjoyable. But there's, like, all this, like, exposition of, like, the physics lab and a machine and, like... You know, trying to be kind of sciencey. I mean, if anything, it was even less horror-ish than the first one. But it's, I don't know, the science element just kind of felt a little weird in that kind of movie. But definitely a very easy movie to watch, so not too bad. Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. I watched Greta on HBO, which is the another, like, kind of thriller, thriller horror movie 
um, with that Chloe Moritz, whatever, from 30 Rock and, um, I don't know, a bunch of teen movies. So she's a, you know, young woman living in New York and she finds this designer handbag on the train and she finds the owner who's this, um, older woman, Greta, oh shoot, I should know her name too. She's that French actress, Isabelle Hubert, Hubert, from like the piano teacher, which is funny. She plays a piano teacher kind of in this one too. So, um, Chloe befriends her, this lonely older woman and they become friends, but then they realize this woman, Greta, is kind of a crazy stalker and that's, um, but you mostly see the entire movie if you watch the trailer, um, certainly wasn't, you know, it was a good level of interest for me for what I was doing, but I don't know that I would have wanted to see it in the theater. So that's Greta. Um, it's a new release on HBO. I finished uh, Shit's Creek season two. I'm watching that on Netflix. And that's the, it's a sitcom, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and Eugene Levy's son, who's also the who they created it together. And um, the first season I liked, but I had trouble kind of getting into the characters and season two, I enjoyed a lot more. Like I wanted to keep watching it. So um, I'd recommend it or, and that's another one. It's nice to have just like on in the background, um, but pretty funny. That's uh Shit's Creek season two. I'm found, I found my new procedural to watch in the background and it's The Mentalist, which is, I don't know. I still, I don't know that I like it that much, but I've watched a season in about a week. So sure. The Mentalist. It's that one from, you know, probably around the same time as The Closer, like 10 years ago, maybe. And it's a guy who's a consultant with the, um, it's funny though. It's the California Bureau of Investigations, the CBI, um, made up law enforcement agency and you know he's like an attract you know like an attractive man but who's just like too smug so he's like off-putting all the time and he uses like hypnotism and observation to help solve crimes yeah yeah you know probably i'll watch i'll probably i'll plow through about eight seasons of it or however many it is I just finished Criminal UK. It's um, it's on Netflix. They're doing like a series of, it's, I think it's three episodes in different countries. So there's like a UK and a Spain and France maybe. I'm not sure what the third one is. They're just like an hour-ish times. Like they're interrogations of a criminal and they only have a certain amount of time. I had trouble kind of getting into it. I didn't really... Like, I guess you kind of know the characters over the time, but I think I wasn't paying enough attention to really remember who is who and have it matter any any bit. But, you know, it's interesting. I am kind of curious to see how the other countries are. And it's interesting because I've only watched these kind of crime dramas mostly in the U- set in the U.S., so it's kind of interesting to see how they're different other places. Like, I don't even know how the interrogation rules are in other countries or, um, you know, what kind of, like, Miranda-type rights you have in other countries. So I don't know. I sounded kind of down on everything I watched, huh? I would actually say that detective Pokemon out of all of those things was the most enjoyable. Oh no. Happy death day. 
I think that might be about it. I went to, um, I did an escape room with my family when I was at home for the holiday, not the holidays, for my dad's birthday. My sister's really into escape rooms, and um, I just think the concept is kind of dorky, or I'm a little bit embarrassed, but they are fun, you know? And we're, like, real puzzle people. I mean, we do jigsaw puzzles and, you know, other math problems kind of stuff, so... We were a pretty good team. It was like me and my immediate family and then my sister's husband too. And he's pretty good at those kind of things too. So we were out. Well, we made it in time on this one. It was like a Wild West theme. And now after I've done two escape rooms, one for my sister's bachelorette party and then this one, I'm kind of getting the hang of it a little more. So I almost feel like I could be faster at other ones in the future. But there's just that stigma of like being a dork to get past but it's pretty fun. I think it was like, maybe it was called like Paradox Games is like a Portland-based company. The one we did was in Vancouver, Washington. But yeah, it was fun. And, you know, we went out to eat for, to Jake's, like this kind of old-timey seafood place that's been Jake's Crawfish, maybe it's even called, in downtown Portland, um, right next to Powell's bookstore. So we, of course, went to Powell's for a bit. And otherwise, I just hung out with my parents and ate a ton. Um, it was so hard to get um, you know, we just want to eat at all my favorite places or they want to take me to my favorite places when I'm in town. And it's just really hard when I was like, can we go get a salad or a grain bowl somewhere? Oh, which reminds me, if you care about just what random stuff about my life, I'm cur- I just did a, um, food sensitivity test. So I did it. It was like a over by ma- thing by mail you do at home. And I don't know, maybe like probably doctors don't really recommend it because it doesn't necessarily correlate to things that you have adverse effects to, and maybe it's a waste of money, but I just thought I'd go for it. But it showed me having some sensitivity to almonds and garlic and squash. Also said egg whites, but I'm not thinking about that one right now. And crab. So I'm trying to do kind of an elimination diet of those things. So not eating big, yeah, almond, garlic, squash. I can't remember there's something else I was avoiding too. Crab, I guess. And that's actually not, well, most of it's not that bad, but garlic is a real doozy. Like we're trying to figure out where we're going to eat dinner with some friends in a little bit. And like, I basically was like, no, I can't do Indian. No, I can't do Ethiopian. Like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, Italian. Can I find anything? So I'm going to. See how it goes. I'm trying to do this for a month and then you can bring, you know, elements back in to see, you know, mostly seeing if it, how it affects my stomach and my skin and we'll see. Um, I haven't noticed any improvement yet, which could be good or bad. I, it turns out it's really hard to give up garlic. So I guess that's good, but it would have been nice if giving up almonds had like cleared up my skin, but oh well. All that to say that eating is difficult now for me, and it's a bummer. We went out to, we had people in town, and so we ended up going to Mexican two nights in a row, and basically I could only get a cheese quesadilla, because everything has garlic in it, including the rice. We'll see. Stitches SoCal is in a couple weeks. Okay, so I'm sorry we haven't nailed down the Stitches SoCal meetup. It will be that Saturday. November 16th. Um, in the afternoon, I'll post it on the group page and I'll post it, Tweel post it in the Twisted Stitches group and then on, on Instagram and everything. So keep, keep looking in. 
hopefully we'll come and we'll see you guys. Um, I did just draw actually a random prize for the complicated along just out of the chatter thread. I'm sorry I didn't quite like keep this thing on track or like keep it keep the momentum going as much as I planned to. But anyway, using random number generator, Green Hook is the random winner. So Amy, when you hear this, let me know. Actually, let me know what pattern you'd like on Ravelry. Um, let's say up to ten dollars, and I will gift it to you. So just let me know what you're interested in, and I'll send it over to you. All right. Thanks for participating. As always, Amy, you're like my one of my tried and true commenters, and I appreciate it for sure. And one of these days when I'm in Oregon, we'll see each other. We'll meet up. So um, I think that finishes ends the content, but you can find me, Jill, on Ravelry as No Dice. You can find me on Instagram as No Dice 11. I'll post a couple pictures of Halloween um, in the show notes and also on the, really the Ravelry group. And it's, there's a couple already up on my Instagram. And the Ravelry group is, you can search under Skein Enable Podcast and you'll find us and come chat. And the FIFO, I didn't mention it, the FIFO, first in, first out, craft along, make along, whatever. It's happening now. Do you have a project you want to give some love to? Sure you do. Start it. If you started it after November, after October or, you know, about... Go ahead and count it. It's just justify why either it's been your queue for a long time, or you've had the yarn for a long time, or you've just wanted to do it, whatever. I know I opened the chatter thread, but I'll open up the finished object thread too, so you guys can start posting there in there. Alright, thank you very much, guys. I will see you in a couple weeks. Maybe in person in a couple weeks. Alright, bye. Quando torno al mio paese, so già che appena arrivo, c'è una mandria di cugini pronta lì a spellarmi vivo. Se fossi un po' più furbo, io dovrei restare qui. Sono sicuro che quei figli di mi ricevono così. Cugino vini, cugino vini, ma perché non fai qualcosa anche per me? Cugino vini, cugino vini. Tanto che pensiamo tutti sempre a te Cugino Vini, Cugino Vini Di cugini più fedeli non ce n'è Cugino Vini, Cugino Vini Siamo tutta una famiglia intorno a te